thank you, my buddies. <laughs> so first of all, I was just really surprised that my buddies uh, nominated me and more surprised that a pious listened to them, but thank you everybody for doing that. Um, I'm, I'm just really happy to be up here, but those three could just as well be up here. Um, we have Mary, who uh, was a stellar second grade teacher and, and all of her students she put through the preparation for First Eucharist, and uh, Kathy, who was a nurse, and, and Patty was a dietitian. So those are all careers I couldn't have mustered, so we can applaud them too. So I'm actually not a Lincoln native. I was born in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My family moved here as I was going to start my sophomore year. And they said, OK, you want to go to Southeast or you want to go to Pius? So I interviewed at both places. And I'm so glad I chose Pius. My brothers, Kevin and Stan, also went to Pius after me. So. Um, you know, really, the first thing that my mother said kind of after I'd been here a couple of weeks is, I can't believe how welcoming Pius is to you and how you're making such great, wonderful friends. And I didn't know at that time that they would be lifetime friends, and they are, so fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I really enjoyed the stellar Catholic education I was getting compared to public school, and my favorite uh, class was Spanish. But my favorite activity was the band, and so it's just really neat that uh, Mr. Murphy was ahead of us. And, I was only a third row clarinetist, though, but, uh, but still got to go into the marching band, still got to go on those trips um, in the bus to all the, all the games. And, you know, I'm not a football fan, but if I ever see the, the university's football field, all I think about is the time we got to actually march on the field. That was really special. Uh, another thing that we did one time was uh, we had to do a, f a f homecoming float, so my folks' garage became the workshop for the float. And what did we choose to do? A thunderbolt. I mean, now that was a dumb idea because that thunderbolt didn't look so great at the end, but we did make a, f a thunderbolt float. My only complaint about Pius was, of course, the green uniforms, and I haven't worn green since, but that's okay. <laughs> so, my, so my outstanding Catholic education inspired me to go to Briarcliff College in Sioux City, Iowa. You probably, a lot of you know that. I majored in sociology and minored in education, but again, I couldn't do what Mary did and teach. But, but um, the nuns would take us on these field trips to urban areas, and it really inspired me that I wanted to do a career in solving social problems. So, so upon graduation, I, I found out about an internship in New York City on social issues. I thought, okay, I'll go for the summer, and then I'll probably move to Wisconsin or something. Well, I went. I've never left. So I've been there the entire time since um, graduating from college. And that first year, I started a career in city planning, met my husband, Tim. We got married. We came back to uh, Pius, well, to Pius, but also to the Cathedral of the Chrisman Rice to get married. He had roots in Nebraska, so we hit it off right away. Um, I worked at the um, Department of City Planning and the Mayor's Office of, of Construction for about 10 years. Um, during that time, I also got a master's in social work at Fordham University in social policy and planning. So in the 1980s, we were blessed with our two daughters, Kirsten and Sarah, took a little time off. And then in our neighborhood, there was a, a parochial school that was no longer being used, had been vacant for about 10 years. 
and a small group of local nonprofits uh, got together to buy that building and uh, hired me to raise the money and, and renovate it. So that might be an example for some of you that have those kind of situations that it became a fantastic community resource. Um, so after you know, doing that, I, at that time it was starting to become the, uh, the homeless issue was starting to becoming a, an issue across the country, but in New York City it was really one of the first places where, where it was the um, institutions, had mental health institutions had closed and the homeless people were on the streets, they had no place to go. So I had heard about supportive housing, which seemed like a good idea, and, and what that is is permanent affordable housing with the kind of services that persons who have been vulnerable and you know, on the streets or you know, ran into other kind of issues, that if they had the right kind of services, they could live in that housing prosper, some go out and get jobs, and, and really have a, a wonderful life going forward. So I had heard that Brooklyn Catholic Charities had a position in that, so I was hired to really start the supportive housing program there, and the first couple of projects were real landmark projects in housing persons with uh, mental illness. So again, this was kind of really early stages. And so the few of us that were doing this, we decided to join together and have a, have a you know, advocacy group. And I uh, helped found that and co-chaired that, that group for several years. So in, in 1994, this movement again was sort of starting and the Corporation for Supportive Housing was, was founded as a nonprofit to help these groups to really advance this idea and we had uh, we did work on giving them loans and grants to get the projects going. We helped do the policy work with government and helped them shape the different financing and provided you know, technical assistance uh, to do that. So I was hired to run their New York office. And you know, as that corporation grew across the country, my responsibilities grew till by the time I retired, in 2016, I was the chief operating officer. We had offices in 15 locations across the country. I oversaw that, the um, technical assistance and training unit, the policy unit. Um, but the biggest thing that I enjoyed the most was looking at what other populations besides persons with mental illness could prosper in this kind of housing. And the beginning it was the AIDS crisis, and we designed programs to serve persons with AIDS. Uh, then we had persons that were incarcerated, they come out, they have no place to go, we provided housing for that. Youth aging out of foster care, they have no place to go, we provided housing there. Families, persons with substance abuse history, and at the very end I kept saying, but the people are starting to get older, I think we need to focus on the frail elderly. So I headed the National Initiative to End Elder Homelessness, and, and now that's a big focus of the organization. Um, we, you know, we used a lot of foundation money, but we also had to get government money. And one of my successes there was helping to co-lead um, uh, an agreement that raised a billion dollars, then combined New York City funds and New York State funds to build um, about 9,000 units of housing. So in 2016, I retired, but of course I couldn't stay out of the field. So. One of the things we did is we helped found this group called Women's Community Justice Association, which focuses on women that are incarcerated. I'm on the board of a elderly housing group, since that was one of my major interests, as well as still kind of advise my old agency. 
I also became more active in my parish, which is called the Brooklyn Oratory of St. Boniface. And I'm now the secretary of the parish council. We have a social justice group and anti-racism and hospitality. So retirement's also meant traveling with, with my husband, Tim. We've got, been to South Africa, Europe, Latin America, South America, and of course the US. Every year I get to go to Oregon to see my brothers, Kevin and Stan, and every year my pious friends, these three plus three others, we get together at somebody's uh, location, and that means all across the country, we spread everywhere. Um, my, my kids have went away to college, but they, they came back and they live nearby, and we've, we've lived for about 40 years in an 1862 house, so kind of before that, we just saw all the homesteading stuff. This is kind of homesteading, but it was built in Brooklyn, and we're all real Brooklynites, but we don't eat bagels every morning for breakfast. <laughs> um, my daughters, kind of Sarah, my, followed me kind of in my footsteps, so I kind of keep hearing about what's going on in the field. My daughter, other daughters, practices Chinese medicine, so I get treatments from her. But of course, our biggest joy is Kirsten and David's 14-month-old's uh, son, which is our joy. Every, every week we get to play with him, and now it's... Uh, the backyard pool, which is about this big. <laughs> um, so I want to close by pointing out some special people in the audience. First of all, my brother Kevin and his, his friend P. Kozak, and there's, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary uh, from Pius this year. My brother Tim, who's uh, my brother Tim, my husband Tim, who's my support of housing. Um, Craig Foster, um, his w wife, our beloved uh, Ruth, um, uh, I was in both their wedding, so that was a real treat. And lastly, Lou Keedy, who's somewhere in the audience, and I used to babysit for her, and her youngest son was our ring bearer in our wedding. So special to have all those folks in the audience. Um, and then that, I think I'll pass it on to the, to the next group. Thank you all. Thank you.